attention, parents, what you're about to see is not suitable for kids. Shoot, it's not even suitable for some grown-ups. You might want to walk away now if you ain't into these type of things. I'm going to give the people what they want. Sensation, horror, shock. I'm going to deliver the goods because I'm alive and I'm not backing down. Cuckoo, cuckoo. Welcome to another edition of your favorite true crime podcast, the show about creeps by creeps for you creeps. I'm your host. My name is Vinny. And joining me today, as always, my co-host, Hot Carl. What is happening, Vinny Paulino? Good to see you, my friend, after a triumphant weekend with Anthony Jesselneck. Uh, Vinny, you were very funny. Anthony was hilarious. Great you're, shows. You're just buttering up my bread because you know everybody's pissed at you right I'm now. I'm just telling you, buddy. I, I have not... I've not laughed that hard at the comedy show in a long time. Oh, well, it, Anthony Jeselnik is one of the funniest human beings in the world. Yeah. And being there watching his shows was an absolute honor and a pleasure. It's been a wild couple of months, dude. I thought about it. Like, I don't really host shows very often. And they had me do three big fucking weekends yep. over two months. So I'm ready for Philly. Mark, I'm warmed up. Mark Norman, uh, Big J. And Jesselneck. And Jesselneck. And now uh, you're going to be doing stand-up for a bunch of dickheads in Philadelphia. They're going to shout me down and tell me how fat I am. Well, I'll try not to. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do my best to control it. Dude, I can't wait for this weekend. It's going to be so much fun down in Philadelphia. Um, people are writing no sound. Just kidding. You got me there for <laughs> one second, Kiki. <laughs> Kinky Loco just made my heart, my yep. fat pig heart, skip a beat. Not good. You son of a bitch. You sandbagging son of a bitch. All right. Uh, it's going to be a good show today, Carl. We are, need to take a second, though, and recap last week. And who better to do that than our results girl, Jessica? Hello. Joined by Jessica. Percy, my dog. Say, look, over hi, there. Say hi. Say hello. Listen, Dogs he's a, don't he's a... talk. You know how much we love. Uh, yes, there you go. <laughs> All right, he's what he wants to get down now. He hated that I did that. He's Hello. really not going to like my creep later. Okay, hi, Jess. Good. good, good to I see don't you like today. that. Good to see you, as always. Uh, who won last week? Last week we did uh, Biggest Easter Creep. Yes. That's right. My Very guy murdered close. a bunch of women. Carl's guy murdered a bunch of children. Yep. Well, it was actually, it, it was pretty close. Uh, but Carl won 102, 102 to 95. Thank you to the cousin Ruse out there. This was is pretty close. Was messed up. The guy was offering the children treats. That's messed up. Out of the truck. The boat was messed up. This is this this was the shadiest boat we have had in a while, buddy. Why? Because you lost that particular week. Yes, because I lost. <laughs> okay. I mean, someone in the in the thing said, "How is Carl winning?" <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought too. 
Chinese oh, that, that was that was uh that was gangrous gangrous this I can't even say your name. I'm so sorry. Gangrous. Well, okay, let me let's talk about Alex real quick because I love Alex. Me too. But he gives you your creep and then votes for you too. He doesn't give me my creep. It's like it's like a two against one here. There's times where he's definitely suggested people. He's like, hey, if you're doing this, check this out. There's times where I've rolled with it, but he doesn't just give me my creeps every uh, that's, fucking that's week. That's what he said of the Discord today, but that's fine. He said he gives me my creeps every week. No, he said that this particular week. He gave you the your creep and voted for you. Look at guys, I, I'm sorry, but car bombings and terrorist bombings, like we went to war for a very long time over these things. I love how people were actually like, oh, Carl didn't even bring in someone who was a creep. They killed like 130 people. <laughs> Innocent people just trying to get out of Syria. All right, Jessica. What were the uh, <laughs> listeners' thoughts on this? Were there yeah, any what, interesting what comments? The on top the one comes from EMP729. I almost voted for Carl because of brev brevity. Brevity? Brevity. Brevity. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. I went but, I, for but, but I just can't vote for Carl. He sucks. No, oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, there we go. Someone else <laughs> said Carl was lazy in his pick. Someone else said Carl was lazy in his pick. You can cherry pick every, cherry pick any terrorist attack. Cardiff didn't help this time. And you can tell. Punish Carl. Yeah. Agreed. And then the underneath it said, the guy didn't even have a name. It's such a lazy pick. <laughs> he didn't even yeah, have a so name. Most of, these, most of these are like against you, Carl. I know. I Come noticed on. that. The guy blew up people on Easter. Come on. It's not cool. It's creepy behavior. It's definitely the, something a creep would do. All right. Uh, what did Richard Lucas for $5? Uh, Richard oh, Lucas I'm said, reminding us that it is Super Chat Monday. Yeah. Yay. Richard Lucas said, children always beat women. It's true. What else you got there, Chance? What else are they saying? Why did voting close early, plus one for Carl, unless he's behind the newest voting scandal? The last I no longer set up the polls anymore. Uh, Gangrenously is doing that. So it should be six days from the time it gets posted. I don't know what he's doing. Oh, it closed early? (laughs) Oh, here we go. Yeah, I knew it. Vinny's going to attach for anything. No. no. What's the score of the game right now, Vinny? Is it four to three? It's now four to three. That means it's game point right now. If I win this week, Vinny has to spin the brand new wheel of consequences. I don't want to be the one to christen that. I want you to be. <laughs> I know you fun. do. Well, I want you to do your consequences. Hey, you know what? Speaking of your consequences. Yes, let's talk about that real quick. When so, are you going to church? I'm going to go to church on the 30th. I can't go this Sunday because we'll be in Philly. Great. So I'm going to go the next Sunday. Now, if you there remember. Are churches in Philly? There are, but I'm flying back <laughs> in Sunday morning. Now, if you remember. Um. I brought up the fact that Sunday mornings are tough for me. That's when I, uh, I edit WATP. Well, I have figured out a workaround for that. That's what I've been working on the last couple of weeks. So now I have that in place and I will be going to church. And then as far as the drive to uh, Gary, Indiana, yeah, we're looking at July. July. It's going to be July. I wanted to get out to Chicago sooner. Please be and do Fourth that. of July weekend. Please be Fourth oh, of July be weekend. That'd be Gary, fun. Indiana. That, that was a firework, right? That was a firecracker. No. Oh, All right, there's another one. Carl, I'll tell you what. I'm gonna make you a deal. Yeah. I'll, I'll. You know, you've put this off for a very long time. If we set the dates in stone, and you play this marvelous game that a listener has submitted. Uh uh-uh. It's called Greetings from Gary, the Photo Scavenger Hunt. You need to complete oh. a bingo with photos for each uh, you have to make a bingo with these things this came from uh chris carley he said hey Vinny," and not carl because he can't be bothered to do anything for the show like check emails <laughs> i made a little something for carl to help incentivize him to finally go visit glorious gary indiana 
It's a fun little game for all the sites and activities Gary has to offer. Now, let's look at some of the squares here that you're going to have to find. Active crime scene. <laughs> unsupervised toddler <laughs> on the street. Now, remember, you have to get a picture of these things. That's funny. Broke person wearing $500 pair of sneakers. <laughs> Broken down car in a front yard. Uh, show Shoes hanging off of a power line. Okay. In loving memory of T-shirt or car decal. Yep. Uh, you have to buy a paper rose and a glass tube from a gas station. Porch day drinkers. These are just things you have to get pictures of. Yep. Use drug paraphernalia. Open business with broken Can board it be and my windows. used drug paraphernalia? Does that have to be someone else's? To be fair, I think that's fine. Okay. Uh, Boost Mobile. Find a Boost Mobile. <laughs> okay, <help>. uh, <laughs> no, Minnie, are you finding any of this oddly racist at all? I'm just curious. No. Okay, good. Uh, the I Jackson... like to imagine that like Carl pulls to the side of the road. He sees a kid in the middle of the road, just takes a picture and drives off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. All next I th- day. I think it would be just amazing. on the side of the road taking a picture of a kid. <laughs> It'd be amazing if I could make a bingo five across with just one photo and all five <laughs> of those things in it. Okay. Uh, you need to take a selfie of Gary and Deanna after midnight. Nope. <laughs> Not happening. <laughs> nope. Uh, locks on things that don't normally have locks. I think that's pretty good. <laughs> that's pretty good. I and like to that. add that one with uh, bullet holes and things that don't normally have bullet holes is also <laughs> acceptable. Okay. That's good. Uh, something called a tumble weave. Find a tumbleweave. <laughs> okay. I'm not touching that one. <laughs> Pet a pit bull. <laughs> Pet a pit bull. <laughs> this guy's trying to get me killed. <laughs> uh, and then I really like this. Why one. did I just yell the N word in town square there? How about I do that? Non consensual hip hop being played in public. <laughs> <laughs> you would just have to get a bingo. You would just have to submit the photos, and I'll make sure you have a nice copy of this to take with you for your trip in July. Awesome. I, that's very clever. I like that. All Thank right. You. You'll be playing Gary. You agree to play Gary Scavenger Hunt while you're there, Carl? I'm no, sorry if I missed that email. I apologize. Okay. I try to keep up on those things. Thank you, Turbo Neil Breen. Vinny Lane down the creep off law. Go get him. That's right. Thank you for the two bucks, Neil. And by the way, we're all good. Nobody's mad at you, buddy. I love you. <laughs> um, Jess, thanks for showing up. I think it's time to get to a competition. We'll see you again next week. As always, Jess, where can people follow you on the social media? Just daydreaming, all one word, J-E-S-S, and then the word daydreaming, because uh, right. I have ADHD. <laughs> and can somebody please do me a favor and make a results girl jingle? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, need a, we need a results girl jingle, I think, to make this a little more official for you. I agree. That but, sounds uh, awesome. All right, we'll see you in Philly this weekend, Jess. Take it easy. All right, can't wait. Later, later, Percy. Later. All right, Carl, this week in honor of our trip to Philadelphia, we are doing Biggest Creep from the City of Brotherly Love. That's correct. So you want to ring the bell and get after it? That was the Liberty Bell that I just rang. All right, I am bringing to I'm you. I'm cracking up. I know, pretty good stuff. Some good jokes. <laughs> well, this is the true crime category, not comedy, right? Thank Christ. Thank, thank God for that. I want to present to you Anton Probst. Now, Anton is a German immigrant, and he was looking for work, so he took up work as a farmhand for the Deering family in South Philadelphia in the 1860s. 1860s That's we're going correct. to? You usually get mad at me when we go back and do stories like this. I know, but this is a fun one, Vinny. So he worked there for a while, and they paid him 15 bucks a month and gave him room and board. But then they wanted him to work in the rain, so he quit. Eventually, though, he wasn't able to find other work, so he came back. In February of 1866, 
He was given his job again, but this time they gave him a pay cut down to only $10 a month. So that's going to piss him off a little bit. Yeah. You know, he didn't like the 15 a month and now it's only 10. Can I get 12 in an umbrella? Can we do something here to make this easier? Right. So obviously he's not a good negotiator. So he decided he, he was watching the Deering family counting their cash one day and he went, you know what? I think I'm just going to rob these people and just steal their money since they're not paying me enough. So tale as old as time. Right. So on April, and that, that's fucked up, right? You, you give a guy room and board, you pay him. He, he's same with the family. He knows the kids real well. And then he steals from you. That's it's not, literally that's creepy. Biting the hand that feeds you. Right. I don't know. Literally is the right word for that. But yeah, that's what that means. Okay. You're right. All right. So who's your creep? No, I'm just kidding. All right. So then on April 7th, 1866, the, the patriarch of the family, Christopher, left to go pick up a cousin from Philadelphia. While he was gone, Probst killed the Deering's other hired hand, Cornelius Carey, with an axe. Why? His co-worker, he just takes him out with an axe. Why? Who hasn't wanted to take a co-worker out with an axe, <laughs> you know, though? You're going you're gonna to figure it out quick. Uh, he then began luring members of the family one by one into the farm's barn, where he would whack them with an axe on the head and chop their throat. The first member of the family to fall victim was eight-year-old John Deering. John Deering's mother, Julie, followed after being lured to the barn to help out with a colt. After that, her six-year-old son, Thomas, followed by then four-year-old Annie and 14-month-old Emma. All the children being taken out with the axe in the Couldn't barn one by one. Could you just have used a hatchet on the 14-month-old? I feel like an axe, a full axe That's is what a little he excessive. Had. You know, you got to work with the tools that you have. Christ when you have sake. a hammer, everything looks like a nail. <laughs> <laughs> So the, the father's <laughs> gone. <That's> so <laughs> it's a little fucked up. So the father's the name gone. of the episode. And um, he comes back with the cousin, right? So then uh, he comes back and he says, um, hey, I need you in the barn. You got to take a look at this thing for me over here. Oh, okay. What's that? Boom. Taken out. Then the cousin, Elizabeth Dolan, she's killed the exact same way. All of these family members chopped up with an ax. After the killings, Propes set about looking for the money he believed the Deerings to have. He found less than 20 bucks and then fled. So they eventually found Anton Propes. They caught him. They charged him with eight counts of first-degree murder. The jury found him guilty of all counts, and Propes was sentenced to death. Before he was hanged on June 8, 1866, he confessed to all of the murders. And justice used to happen a lot quicker back then. You notice that? This stuff happened in April, and by June, they're hanging him. In the city of brotherly mayhem, author Ron Avery quotes testimony given by Anton Propes to illustrate Propes' psychopathic demeanor. After killing the first boy, I did not care if a hundred were there. If a hundred had gone there, I would have killed them all without caring. I do not know why I felt that way. I had no feeling against the family, only wanted the money. They always treated me well. This okay. is the guy who just murdered eight members of the family. Yeah, they were always pretty cool people. They, they were good people, but man, they had like almost 20 bucks. So what are you going to do? They had 20 bucks. I had no bucks. <laughs> right. That's how that works. So this is the interesting part because we're going back to 1866. The body of this demon spawn killer had to be caught up, examined, and discerned. What Frankenstein monster had nature or God created? Physicians wanted to know. Budding criminologists wanted to know. The public wanted to know. 
what would the autopsy reveal? So after his execution, the doctors had a field day with his cadaver, putting it through all kinds of tests, including one to test the theory that the retina of the eye of a dying person retains the last image seen. Okay. This is only 150 years ago. People thought that that, that was true. There was going to be a photo in somebody's eyeball. What did they do? Did they chop a guy's eye out to figure this out? Yes. And in, fact, in fact, this became somewhat of a, of a sideshow. This was such a big story at the time. And so his head and right arm later appeared in a New York mu Museum of Anatomy and Science. And other parts of his body actually made the rounds around the Philadelphia area and Pennsylvania. And people would come from to see this guy's body parts on display. So that's oh, my creep of Philadelphia, the German immigrant, Anton Propes. Okay. What do you got for us today, Vinny? Hey, and by the way, did you notice I didn't play any clips of another person's podcast doing my job for me? And I almost sourced two articles, but I didn't actually source them. Okay. Carl? <laughs> yes. My creep today uh, is definitely a Philly original. This okay. guy uh, is the Philadelphia extra special here, okay? He also happened to be unreachably insane. In spite of this, he held together a small business, all while terrorizing his family and complete strangers in multiple states. Oh, I like a businessman. Good. Yeah. He's known to the good people of Philly as the shoemaker, Joseph Callinger. Now, Joseph was an adopted kid, Carl. His adoptive parents were off the boat from Germany. Very, very strict people who owned a cobbler store. And the only reason they adopted a kid was for the labor. What year are we talking about here? Uh, we're talking 1930s. Okay. It's adopted. You're going back a little ways as well. Well, not as far as you do. I don't know what you're complaining about. So Cal, he's adopted by these off-the-boat Germans who make him a slave in their shoe shop. Yep. Okay. He by was, the way, kids used to work back then. I like yeah. the way you're trying to frame this as if it was so horrible. These people put their kid to work. Okay. Well, let me give you a list of some of the things that they did to him when he didn't do his work properly. Okay. At age six, he was hit over the head with a shoe hammer and woke up in the hospital. Punishments he endured included kneeling on jagged rocks, being locked inside closets, consuming his own excrement, committing <laughs> self-injury, being burned with irons, being whipped with belts, and being starved. And when I say belts, they made a homemade cat of nine tails that these German freaks beat this kid with. <laughs> but I will say, the motherfucker could cobble a shoe. Oh, good. Okay. He was very, very, very good at what he did. I bet he didn't make a lot of mistakes. Yeah. Now, another sad note in his uh, childhood story, when he was nine years old, he got he gang raped by a group of neighborhood boys. Yeah. <laughs> Joseph Callinger might be the most batshit crazy person I have ever talked about on this show, Carl. Really? Wow. Well, that's saying something. He married a girl named Hilda at 17 years old and has two kids with her, right? Okay. Hilda later left him for another man due to the domestic violence she suffered during their marriage. In 1958, he gets married to another girl after being released from a mental hospital. Wait a second. It was illegal to beat your wife in the 50s? I don't think that's true. Well. I think it was pretty, pretty normal, right? I didn't say that he went to jail That's for true. it. He went to a mental hospital. That's a good point. Okay. Okay. Later that year, Calger torched his own home just because he he was a firebug as well. He yep. just decided to set his house on fire. He got $1,600 from insurance. And then they ended up committing him to a state hospital following a suicide attempt. He comes back out of the hospital, out of a suicide attempt. He's married to this other woman. Wait a second. So he, this guy can't even kill himself? Nope. <laughs> okay. I mean... We're, Carl, just sit back, okay? Because right. because there's a lot here to unpack. No, of course okay. there is. Of and course. I'm going to go. I'm going to go through every detail. 
the second time he's out of this nut hut, after he set the house on fire the first time, he's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm bored. So he sets the house on fire again. Well, didn't you say he got insurance money for it? Yeah. There's a reason. Okay. Well, he sets the house on fire again. He doesn't get insurance money this time. Say, they probably wised up. Yeah. And he didn't get it the third and fourth time. Oh, shit. Okay. He did it, <laughs> he did it uh, twice in May in 1963 and once again in October 1967. <laughs> By 1972, Carl, the guy has six of his own children living with him, two of them from his first marriage. Now, let's talk about what kind of a father this psycho firebug could be. Okay. Abuse of his kids started when they were young. He would beat them with belt sticks and other objects. He would also lock them in closets and basements for hours on ends. He also raped his daughters. So we had firebug child rapist in here. Mm -hmm. uh, Joseph Calger made his children dig a hole in the basement. He told them that he was going to bury them in it if they disobeyed him. This hole that they found was 20 feet deep and six feet wide. Wow, that sounds like a spacious place to hang out for a little while. The kids were forced to dig it in the winter, and they were not allowed to wear coats while they did it. They was, were also not allowed to stop digging, even when they were tired or cold. Was there a rancor down there, too? No. Oh, okay. No, just their awful father. We're going to get more into the hole a little bit later. But uh, whenever they were in trouble, they would get thrown down into this hole. Uh, he would rape his daughters in the hole. He would throw them down there and then climb down there and rape them. By the way, the scariest thing you've ever said is we're going to get into that hole a little bit later. Oh, yeah. A any woman who hears that coming out of your mouth, run as fast as you can. I was talking about Robin. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they dug the hole in the basement. His daughter ran away. And when he found her, his older daughter, Mary Jo, he brought her back home, threw her in the pit and came down there and used a torch and a piece of metal to brand her inner thigh. Okay. It's a good first story, though. Now, she got away again and went to the police with this and showed them the brand. He gets arrested for child abuse, but was found incompetent to stand trial mm. because he is kind of a raving lunatic, and he does nice work, and he knew all the cops because he did their shoes. Okay. He did the shoes for the judge at his trial later, by the way. I just want to point this out. Seems like a conflict of interest? You would think so. Yeah. Now, they take him, they put him in a hold for 60 days, psychological examination. They score his IQ as 82. They diagnose him as a paranoid schizophrenic. Oh boy. And they recommend that he be supervised well with his family. Now, his kids were so scared. They went back and recanted all the shit they had. And after that 60 days, they just let him out. Oh, gee. Let's talk about how completely insane this man is, Carl, because we're we're heading towards the crescendo of this. If I'm not, if I haven't convinced you yet already that this man is a monster. By mid-1974, he was living inside of the hole full time himself. He yeah. just lived down there. He would piss and shit down there and bury his own shit. Cool. And he just decided to live in the hole. He spent all of his free time down there. He was reported to be hallucinating. By the way, that hole sounds pretty nice. The way you're explaining this, I'm like, sounds like a vacation. It's a, literally a shit and cum hole. He would go down there and <laughs> jerk off and rape his daughters and shit. When you put it that way, it does sound kind of bad. He was also, like I just was saying, was hallucinating constantly. Okay. He believed he was having direct conversations with God and the devil. He was holding dis discussions with an imaginary friend he had who was a disembodied floating head that he called Charlie. Jesus Christ! Charlie told Joseph to kill people and mutilate their genitals. Wow. He also told Calger to build homemade torture devices and use them on children. Calger claimed that he was unable to resist Charlie's commands, that he felt compelled to obey him. He also believed that he could save children from the voice 
by performing experiments on people's feet. He didn't go full steam on people with this because he wanted to get it right. What he believed was that he could control the minds of the world through inserts in people's shoes that he can make. Ah. If they were tilted to the right angle to create perfect harmony with the brain, he would be able to basically be God on Earth. That makes sense. So no, sounds right. Sure. To get these inserts right and to really understand the feet, because he's got the shoes down. He needs to understand the feet. He decided to use hamsters instead. Okay. Now, Callinger would buy hamsters from pet stores, bring them home, he would then tie up their little legs and cut off their limbs. He would then sew the limbs back on it, but in different places. <laughs> For example, hey, that's fucked up. Joe is sitting in his hole with a fucking needle and thread and dead hamsters uh, sewing their heads to their feet uh, and all sorts of other shit. These were very sadistic, cruel fucking things he was doing. Everyone needs a hobby. Now, after getting divine orders from God, that he needed to murder everyone on earth and sever their genitals. Okay. Okay. <laughs> he had to talk to, he had to have a conversation with one of his sons about it. Now, here's the thing. He played favorites. His son, Joseph Jr., his oldest, and his son, Michael. Those were his two running buddies. Okay. Joe went on a crime sprees with his two sons. They would just go steal shit and start fires. He was just a problem, and he never got caught. The oldest one was 14, and the other one was like 12, and they were chain smokers. <laughs> this is how good of a fucking dad this guy is. He might be the worst father in the world and the best father in the world all at the same time. Yeah, they, perks. He would just tell them to miss school and go fucking start problems with yeah. them. Hey, can we just start fires today and smoke cigarettes? Is that cool? Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's fine. Michael, though, was his favorite. He says to Michael one day, he goes, Michael, you're 13 years old, son. I need your help with my divine orders of murdering everyone on planet Earth and chopping off the genitals. It's a lot of work, Dad. Will you help me? And Michael's response apparently was, glad to do it, Dad. 11 days later, they murdered their first victim, a 8-year-old child named Jose Colazo, a Puerto Rican young boy who they saw in a park. They tortured him and cut off his dick. So if you're... And then Joseph forgot he did it. If you're sent out to kill every person in the world, the torture part, I feel like you need to skip. It's just time consuming. There's a lot of like the biblical imagery here with this guy where he looks about like the Jewish people had to cut off their dicks. So he's clen like, this is all somewhere mixed between completely in complete insanity and him knowing the Bible in some way. Jesus I think. Christ. Okay. So, so you're blaming God. All right. I got it. I well, got gotcha. you. I told him to do it. It's true. So, Calendar and Michael decided that they needed to do something very much like the Bible. Joe Jr., the older brother, mm -hmm. had to go. <laughs> this guy was having visions of him throwing his son off of a cliff okay. for God. Yeah. So guess what he decided to do? We're skipping school today, boys. We're, we're going to go to this national park where they have all these big high cliffs. And apparently the son, Joe, really loved getting his picture taken. So they go to this thing, and they go up to one of these tall cliffs, and they have Joe stand by the edge of the cliff. And Joseph, the father, and Michael took the camera, stood way back, and they did the old trick. Move back a little further. <laughs> yeah, right? Could you go back just a little bit further? Did you really fall for that? No. Okay. The kid didn't. And okay. Joseph and Callender was like, God damn it. I'm trying to sacrifice this, this kid to the Lord. And he's just not cooperating. So they had to come up with another plan. Yeah. The next week, they found this old tractor trailer that was abandoned. They filled it with gasoline and a bunch of flammable shit. Okay. 
knowing that Joey was a chain smoker. They got him down there on their, we're going to go burn shit and start problems today type thing. They say, hey, Joe, why don't you go and see what's inside of that uh, tractor trailer? So they go in, so he goes inside of the thing and they lock the door behind him, knowing that this kid is a fucking chain smoker and eventually will light up a cigarette and set himself on fire and the deed will be done. Right. Well, the problem was this fucking guy couldn't reach the lock. So the kid thinks, does this the thing catches on fire and it left but he didn't latch it properly so the kid was able to get out they go home thinking we did it and then he's like a dog that they left out in the fucking woods that just made it back to the front step of the house hey guys hey guys you forgot you forgot to bring me back with you hey hey guys this was a close one pop (laughs) yeah you'll never guess what my day was like yeah so eventually a couple of days later they decide okay we got a plan they say joe you know how you like to get your picture taken we're going to take ghost pictures at the scary, abandoned, blown-out building. They take him there, and they pose him up next to this old ladder, and they chain him to the ladder, and they're supposed to be taking these scary pictures. Well, Carl, once he was chained to the ladder, they threw him into a giant puddle of standing water, and the kid fucking drowned, chained fucking ladder. And they pulled him out, unchained him, and just left his body there. Why are they trying to get so creative with the way they're going to kill this guy? They could could be done so much easier, right? This man is talking to a floating head named yeah. Charlie. All right, I won't question Charlie's reasons. And that's when the real crime spree started, everybody. Callinger and Michael, by November of 1974, would catch the bus in Philly and ride to other states. They went to Linwood, New Jersey. They broke into a house, stole a bunch of shit. Then they broke into a second home. There was a woman who was home. They tied her up, and then Joseph just rubbed his dick on her that's all he did is he just tied her up and rubbed his dick at this woman. Well, that's retarded. Yeah, because he's crazy. Then, 11 days later, they go to Pennsylvania, and they go into this place where these women are having a bridge game, ties up all five of them, steals $20,000 worth of cash and jewelry with his little kid. His 13-year-old nice. chain-smoking son's right there with him, ride the bus with his dad. Then, they go to Maryland. There's a woman named Pamela Jasky. They capture her in the house. And then he forced Joseph forces her to blow him at gunpoint. Okay. And he's doing this shit in front of his son. Not going to be a great blowjob, by the way. Just so you guys know, don't try that. Yeah. Toothy. Two days later on January 8th, Callinger and his son invaded a home in Lenoya, New Jersey, holding eight people captive at gunpoint while they ransacked the house in the terrifying home invasion story I have ever read. All right. Him and the kid walk up to the house and say, hi, I'm a salesman. My name's John Hancock. That's what he told the lady. And she's like, we don't want any. Pulls out a gun and a knife, goes in the house. She has her four-year-old son there. There's a grandmother who's disabled in a bed. They all get tied up. The older kids get home from school. They get tied up. Joseph's raping the mom. They're all fucking tied up. All the kids, he ends up stripping them naked. They're all fucking in the basement. They're screaming. Neighbors come over. One of them is a nurse and her, I guess her boyfriend or just some guy that she knew was over there. Mm -hmm. They show up at the house, knock on the door. Is everything all right? Gun to the forehead, get in here. This fucking guy, the poor guy who got dragged into this. They take him down to the basement. Everybody's tied up. He makes this guy pull down his pants. Callinger grabs his dick and holds a knife up to it. And he's like, I'm going to chop off his dick if if you move. And he's just menacing this man's penis with the knife. Jeez Louise. The girlfriend is freaking out, and he says, that's it. Here's what we're going to do. You, lady, put his dick in your mouth and bite it off. Oh, Jesus. 
<laughs> yeah. It's like, so, it, when he first starts that sentence, you're like, oh, yeah. yeah and then, oh, ah, fuck. She refused. Okay. So he stabbed her to death in front of everyone. What'd you get? Well, this caused more screaming. The police show up. Michael and Joseph fucking book it, grabbing clothes and shit off of uh, people's drying lines in the back. They found the bloody clothes on the way back to the to the bus station. And cops were able to track down Joseph. Now, I have told you a lot of stuff, and I'm sorry that this is like such a long Are you, fucking story. Are you? But I'm not done. Michael, the courts rule Michael to be a delinquent but salvage, salvageable. The murders against him are dismissed and returned for a guilty plea of two counts of robbery. He was placed on probation to his 25th birthday, and he's just out now free. That's fascinating. Please go on. Joseph went to prison for life. And while he was in prison, let's talk about what he did while he was in jail, Carl. Okay. Uh, he set himself on fire in his prison cell. He survived. Uh, unfortunately, he also set a couple other people on fire when he was trying to set himself on fire a second time. Then he was trying to fry an egg on his head by covering himself in lighter fluid and cracking the egg on his head and then lighting himself on fire. What does the egg have to do with anything? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. He's fucking crazy. Lighting yourself on fire seems like a really bad idea. So then they take him to another mental hospital. And while he's there, he stripped the plastic cover from his mattress, tried to, to suffocate himself. He also got his hands on some type of metal blade and slit the throat of another inmate. Mm. The guy survived, but he fucking slashed someone's throat in jail. Uh, he was for the criminally insane for the rest of his life until he died in 1990, on his own vomit. Yeah. That's where a lot of uh, heroes die. So, ladies and gentlemen, I know this all sounds completely insane and made up, but this is a real dude from Philadelphia. In conclusion, wife beater, child abuser, child rapist, child murderer, animal killer, arsonist, thief, murderer, chopped off a kid's dick for no reason, lived in a shithole in his basement. Vote for Vinny. Vinny, I am so sorry. I was not paying attention. Can you do that again? Yeah. So okay. my sorry, creep sorry. today, my creep today definitely is <laughs> a right, Philly you, original. You can be vote for who you thought brought the biggest creep from Philadelphia on our subreddit for uh, subreddit or uh, what is it? Reddit.com slash something slash the creep off. R slash the creep off. Yes, R slash. There was, I mean, you would know. You're the subreddit guy now. Yeah, something like that. Uh, yeah, there's a there's a uh, super chat up here that's not very... Uh... B. Kells, 1296. Thanks for the five bucks. Come on, Vinny, need a big effort out of you here. We need this win. Carl is the worst. If you think that this guy who murdered a couple of people in a barn is worse than this man who terrorized families, he took raped out his eight own people, children... including a one-year-old. Yeah, how many oh, hamsters? How many hamsters? Less than 20 bucks. How, well, that was a lot of money back then. Uh, how many hamsters? It wasn't a lot of money. How many hamsters? All right. If you're, if you're worried about hamsters, vote for Vinny. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> All right, Carl. I guess that means it's time for Who Are These Creepos? That's correct, Vinny. Who are these creepos? This is a segment we like to do on the Creep Off because we believe we are the number one true crime show out there. And there are so many true crime shows. Yeah. How can we make a claim like that? Well, the numbers don't bear it out, but here we are doing it anyway. Yes. How can we possibly make a claim? that we're the best true crime show when there's so many out there. I'll tell you how, by showing every other true crime show one at a time and explaining why they suck and we're the best. As we do this in a very petty segment called Who Are These Creepos? Today's 
Who are these creepo submission came in from Mr. X86 in the Discord? It is a show called This Podcast is Haunted. Host Jen Voss and Kate Reed. Carl, why is this again? It's always a with thing, the man. paranormal shit and yep. true crime. I don't know. I don't know, but that's what they love to do. This they um consider themselves a, a history show, a true crime show. They consider themselves a comedy show. Listen to how this one starts off, Vinny. Welcome, spooks and spirits, ghouls and ghosts. Take a seat around the campfire. But beware, this podcast is haunted. Why would you warn those things about something being haunted? They're the ones who are haunting things. Let's see here. Let's let's get off to a fast start with this show. This show sucks. And these two women. What, um... What's new with you? Hey, uh, welcome to our show. We feel like we always just ramble start I know, these. And I know. I feel like terrible. we should get more professional about this. <laughs> Trying to class it up, Jen. Yeah. Good evening, and this is podcast. <laughs> Thank you for the welcome to the 748 News. Tonight we are talking about... I'm your host, Walter Cronkite. <laughs> these two women are hilarious. I'm Walter Cronkite. They are a couple of cards. Oh, gosh. This is really good stuff. I love it how they start off a podcast. There's two people here, and they have nothing to say to each other. <laughs> this is all garbage. Okay. This is all garbage. We never have anything to say. We, we should just start anything. talking. Yeah. You should just start talking. Like, do whatever you're going to do. Or maybe not. Or talk. don't talk at all. That'd be great, too. That's an idea. All options. All options on the table, ladies, please. Well, then they debate who, which of the two of them is uglier. Pretty. <laughs> I will say something about this show. It's a real Sophie's choice. Dude, there, there is no self-esteem going on on this show whatsoever. You just heard them going, oh, God, we suck at this. There's nothing to even talk about. We don't know what we're doing. And then it gets into this sad sack discussion. I already look 89. Like, the coma really aged me. Like, a scary amount. I have a wrinkle up here now. Oh, a single wrinkle? Well, Can maybe you imagine? it's on this side. But it's, like, really deep. Do you see it? I feel like mine are deeper. No, definitely not. This is like a chunk is missing out of my face. It's it might be over here. I don't look in a mirror because it freaks me out. Okay, I don't. I can't. I can't even see what you're talking about. All right. Well, good. But it's a very noticeable wrinkle, and I feel like, especially with all the hair loss I've had, you can mm-hmm. like see my scalp a lot more than you should be able to for yeah. a 34 year old. So let me explain what's going on here. You know, she said the coma has really aged me. She's 34 years old. She's morbidly obese. Look for the morbidly obese, bald, wrinkly lady. Yes. She won't even look in a mirror. She's so hideous and disgusting. She can't even look at herself. And oh God. I guess she had a stroke. That's why she was in a coma. And things aren't going real well for her. Listen to this, buddy. This is just someone who is profoundly ugly. Ooh, I took a, I accidentally turned on the front facing camera. Mm-hmm. Woof. And I was like, nope. She, she literally cannot look at herself. By mistake, she turned on her webcam. And went, ah, what the fuck? I'm not gonna. Pre- I'm not gonna. T- I'm not gonna lie. I appreciate this type of uh, you know self uh, reflection and knowledge. But dude, it's brutal. So after oh, that, you saw a picture then? Oh yeah, I looked it up. Okay. After that, I um, I'm listening to the show. They're talking about how difficult it is to live in Grand Rapids, Michigan, because people set off fireworks every night, according to the one woman. She goes, yeah, I mean, I live right in the city of Grand Rapids. I can't sleep in the summertime. 
time because people are just shooting off fireworks nonstop. So, all right, too much banter. It's time to transition into the story. We need to get to it. Don't do you want to just like do podcast stuff now? Like, Let's I don't just... have any more banter. Okay, yeah. I'm glad tried. that you, I'm sorry that you're afraid of fireworks. That must be hard. I'm not. I'm not afraid. Oh right, you're not afraid. It's I'm your afraid. cat. I'm not afraid of no ghosts. <laughs> Who are you gonna call? <laughs> Speaking of which, yeah. Shall we? About I haven't seen ghosts. Yeah. I, I thought you were gonna fucking talk about go, the new Ghostbusters. We are or something. not on the same page we today. <laughs> Kate and Jen struggle. We got to stop doing those knowing like, okay, you fill in the rest of the sentence because right. we're not doing that. I super thought we had each other. No. I thought you wanted to talk about Ghostbusters. We, are, we always finish each other's sandwiches. Yes. <laughs> There's been no laughs. What do you mean? I None. Was... These two have no chemistry, and this has been going on for years. This show. This is not something where it's like this is their pilot test episode or something like that. We just thought we'd start this. This monster and I thought we'd start a podcast. <laughs> so this was an interesting thing that the one woman, because they consider themselves both very well educated. They say they do a ton of research for these shows. I thought this was odd. Alaska, how freaking big Alaska is. That was news to you? Listen. I've never seen a map before? Hi. Maps famously inaccurate in regards true. to scale and yes. size um, so yeah no i didn't know that and i do often look at maps because alaska is always made to look smaller than it is was africa africa is huge what she didn't know that alaska was big because maps are famously inaccurate okay so maybe it's off a little bit but what does she have one of the ones with the sea monsters on it yeah, right. <laughs> stupid idiot what is she talking about there did you know that Alaska is a really big landmass? Yeah. yeah. Everyone does. How do you not know that? Pretty big. Jesus Christ. So that leads into talk about Sarah Palin. You might remember was the governor of Alaska. Well, now we're getting to true crime. Okay. okay. <laughs> I see what you did. I see what you did there. So this turns into exposing how bad they are at math. Now, we know they're both women. So maybe you assume that anyway. But this is pretty bad right here. Where okay. there was a land bridge between what is now Russia and what is now Alaska. My house. Yes. <laughs> I can see Russia from my house. <laughs> People. I'm so glad. That election was... 2008 yeah it was like so long ago right. like people born back then can like drink now and probably have children no how old are people from 2008 now <sighs> high school college oh yeah for sure people born in 2008 can drink now and the other woman goes i don't that's true and then they go well how old would they be that would be correct they stop for three or four beats and then they say well they could definitely be in college Vinny, do you know how old you would be if you were born in 2008? 15. You'd be 15 years old. You right. would not be in college. I'd probably still be drinking, though. At 15. Yeah, um, possibly drinking. I'm going to address this real quick. Yes, the stream is coming in choppy. This computer is hardwired into the internet, and it is showing my connection is unstable, and I'm not sure why, folks. I don't fucking tell you. Sorry about it. New computer's coming. This studio has been nothing but a problem for the entire three years we've been doing this show. Yep. Hey, real quick, why don't we talk about uh, Brian Johnson giving us a $5 Oh, yeah. Chat. Hey, Brian, thank you so much, buddy. Appreciate the support. Brian says, you know, I'm driving to Rochester next winter to make sure you fulfill your consequence. Tell him Steve Day creep off the crossover. Let's do it. 100%. I was, I'll Wait, go that, down. Is that Brian's consequence? <laughs> no, I have to go jump in. Like, I was thinking no, about I'm going. I'm saying doing a crossover with us, with this wildly popular show. I feel like that's uh, 
cruel and unusual. Uh, I think it's uh, a very kind gesture of sympathy. Yeah, actually, Brian, if you could please come to that and film it because um, I'm not good at that, apparently. <laughs> so. I was thinking about driving down to Jersey to go do theirs. Oh, that'd be fun, too. Yeah, I might do that. Who knows? Right. Whatever gets me away from you. All right, well. So we've already shown that these men are dumb. They don't know what Alaska's big, what 23 minus 8 is. So we'll say that now. So the kelp highway theory uh, was that you could catch birds, eat clams, eat mm. kale, or not kale. Um, kale what yes. is kale of the sea? Seaweed. Good job. We got there. <laughs> um, listen, I recently had a stroke. Kale of the sea. <laughs> Stuff I don't want to eat. I am not looking forward to when you have your stroke. If it makes you this dumb, because you're already uh, not working with a full deck as it is. Really? You don't, you don't think I'm, I'm very smart? <laughs> I'm sorry for me to take this on you. This really annoyed me today as I was pulling these clips. Now, one more clip I have from the show. And um, <laughs> have you ever confused kale and seaweed before? I'm sorry. I didn't I've wanna... never seen either, <laughs> okay. so no. Uh, last clip I have on here. I mentioned this is a comedy show, and every good podcast has some great sight gags in them. Um, and then they started adding what's called rotators. Yeah. This is me rotating. So what you guys can't see is Jen just swirled her arms in the air like she just don't care. Like I'm the, like I'm the little inflatable guy outside of a car dealership. Yeah. The run in a circle. Um, but actually, you're wrong. Oof. All right, so anyway, I this hate podcast you. is haunted. I hate that podcast. Jen Voss and Kate Reed. Do they have any listeners? Do we know if people are listening to the show? They had like over 200 ratings on Apple, so I don't know. I think every true crime show finds some type of audience. Every true crime, every show about uh, hauntings and ghosts finds some type of audience. Do you have any voicemails? Yeah, I got voicemails. Creep Off voicemail segment is brought to you by the city of Syracuse. Syracuse, known as the jewel of upstate New York. And by jewel, we mean that one crooked tooth she has. See you in Syracuse. I'm mad at Jewel. She got her teeth back. She did? Yeah. Okay. That's why I like Billy Corgan. Here's more people telling us what to do. Jenny, Carl, upload all the bumpers for WATS, the Creep Off. WATP, all the little jingles, the little jams. I want to listen to them. Okay. Is that all? Okay. I got a new one. Oh, cool. I got a really great new one. This was because of uh, the letter we got last week from Podcast Hitman. Uh, he sent us in another musical number that he, he wrote in prison. Oh, good. That's pretty good. You remember he brought us this hit. I want to fuck Jen like an animal. Yeah, that's enough. I remember. Feel the jingles from the inside. Okay. Well, here's his new song that he just dropped in. And he went for a different genre. It's okay. I'm gonna have a three-way. Jen and Chrissy gonna fuck me each and airway. Carl, fill my shit and put it up on eBay. Gonna make some fucking money off my three-way. Uh, yeah, girl. <laughs> Oh, nice. oh very funny man. very funny thanks mr magenta you're the best i have a uh i have a voicemail for us okay. coming in last week we did a true crime show that was also mukbang yeah hey carl this is for the creep off that uh mukbang true crime show they were onto something you see uh a while back i was visiting 
Flint, Michigan, and I got grabbed and attacked, and I just woke up in a compound, and I was told by, by a guy, keep making voicemails. I'm breaking the truth, man. It's, it's, it's all been a ruse. Oh, my gosh. This is alarming. So the people who are calling into our voicemail numbers, Vinny, are being tortured. Yeah. They're having their arms broken. Yeah. And they're being kept yeah. prisoner yeah. to in make Flint. these phone calls to podcasts. Yeah. It's in Flint, where we bought the land. That's... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even on that. <laughs> all right. Uh, I wanted to do this one here, but uh, this is a some thoughts on the podcast Hitman letter from last week and i gotta tell you this is the fucking funniest most brilliant idea we've ever gotten in a voicemail oh, okay this person i completely agree hey it's call back curtis okay hear me out i kind of agree with carl i think podcast hitman's trying to pretend to be crazy but let's fuck with him and someone sent him a message saying actually I had to speak up he's doing really big bro he was just on joe rogan can you fucking believe it <laughs> that's hilarious that's a great idea we act like he's become the biggest podcaster in the world that's hilarious he's got eighteen thousand patrons now yeah he changed his name to tim dylan he's so funny you can't believe it (laughs) oh man he actually punched this guy down in florida once (laughs) we think of all sorts of stories i love it oh god that that was really brilliant i appreciate that thought and i honestly feel like that might be something we need to consider i like that idea yeah and and i mean like we don't play pranks on people we generally kind of keep it in the middle but that one's pretty fucking funny he murdered a lady dude oh yeah i don't care about pranking podcasts that man's hilarious you're all going on about how you want to send him money and do nice shit for him and write him a letter i say fuck with him yeah let's fuck with him that's more fun yes all right we need to write this letter uh let's start working on it i like it all right and uh, we'll take suggestions if anybody has any. Uh, da, 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 here's another one. Uh, so I was just listening to the most recent episode of the Creep Off, and you guys give an update on the baby shark tortures. And honestly, in my opinion, I think that's probably one of like the least crimes you guys talked about on the show. Like, uh, fuck, if I was in prison and I was getting punished, I mean, I- I'd rather listen to a song than, you know, have to go into the bathroom and cross the soap or something like Damn, uh, these people are really complaining about having to listen to a nice, catchy tune. I mean, they should have played like Call Me Navy or something, you know. It's it could true. have been a lot worse. But... Good point. That is true. It could have been a worse song. I mean, I torture people with that song all the time, so I didn't think it was that bad of a crime yeah. either. Carl actually does rate people in bathrooms to that song. All right. Allegedly. There's no proof of that. Fair enough. Fair enough. And here's one for Jessica. Jessica, sorry for playing this in advance. Hey, Jessica. I hear you're the new results, girl. I'd like to show you some of my results, if you know what I mean. (laughs) Welcome to the creep off, Jess. She. Got any more voicemails, Carl? No, that's all I got, buddy. All right. Well, I say we do a scum parade then, buddy. Let's go. Let's take it on home. Scum parade. Take me on a raid of these fuck charades that these creeps have made. Scum parade. Vinny and Carl gonna tell you about some fuck shit. Scum parade. Like stories of a kid fucked by his mom or dad. Soaking up the blood of a cat's come parade. 
We got a baby thrower. Oh, yes, we do, Vinny. You know what that means. It's a beautiful day out on the field. Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, folks. A woman named Essence Mackey. She's 21 years old. I think this is in New Zealand. Oh, I'm sorry. Is it New yeah. Zealand? I had written Canada here. By the way, this is the worst. I mean, it's a fun story, but there's almost no information in this article about yeah. what actually happened. What, that's why I liked this story, because I figured it would leave you and me free to speculate. Okay, cool. <laughs> Sounds good. The charge against her states that on Tuesday, while being a person who was, quote, has actual care of a baby, she engaged in conduct namely throwing the eight-week-old victim at an attending police officer, likely to cause adverse effects to the baby, is what they said. So for some reason, this woman was having a confrontation with the police while holding an eight-fucking-month-old baby. Eight-week-old eight week baby. Eight-week-old yeah, baby, forgive me. Brand-new baby. And decided the best way to get out of trouble is just to throw that baby at the cops. I'm thinking this is like a Hail Mary situation mm. where she's trying to get away. Where it's not like anger, take that where she throws it. There. She just throws it up as a diversion because the right. cops are going to try to fucking catch it. You know, they're going to be all fucking. Right. At that point, it's just hot potato. She just didn't have a potato. Ah, she had a baby. Right. And the fun part about the story is there's no information. We don't know what happened. So I'm just going to assume it was that. Yep. I'm going to assume that uh, the cop missed the baby and it just smashed out of space on the ground and. That was the end of that. No, I mean, honestly, she's obviously not a very responsible parent. The fact that she threw it to someone who's more responsible than her is probably a good thing. If I were her attorney, I'd probably be arguing that. I'm like, oh, hey, I don't think that baby should be around her mom. So it's a good thing that she threw her. Uh, excuse me, Miss Mackey. Is it true or is it not true that you yelled heads up before you yes, threw the baby? right. I think that would go a long way. Or four or something. Hey, catch. <laughs> Freaking ridiculous. Still throw babies, people. It never ends well. This woman's facing 10 years in jail for tossing a baby. Seems light. Yeah, well, it was only eight weeks old. That's true. The older, more seasons one, seasoned ones you get more consequences for. I meant lightweight. Anyway, oh. it doesn't matter. Oh, okay. These things don't matter. Well, Carl, let's go down to Florida, shall we? Okay. A Florida man was arrested Sunday night after a fishing trip went terribly wrong. Mm. Now, according to the arrest affidavit in Port St. Lucie, officers responded to a domestic disturbance call around 10.30 p.m. Cops made contact with a woman who said she had been in an argument with her husband, Fritz Eugene, 67 years old, and that her husband had violent tendencies and had killed a bird in front of their children. She said she was fearful because he, quote, he knew people who could take care of her. The woman showed cops a graphic image of the bird, a federally protected Florida blue heron. Yeah, I mean, kill all the birds you want, but I would avoid the ones that are federally protected. Got that one, dude. Yeah. She found out, she found the picture on her daughter's phone. That's, <laughs> this is a whole crazy story. Yeah, this story is crazy. I would have calmed down at some point on this journey if I were this guy. When cops spoke with the daughter, she told them that when Eugene picked her up from school, he had the bird with him. The animal was, quote, still alive at this point, but had a broken leg. The suspect reportedly told his kids that he captured the bird because he was angry it was eating his bait. Authorities believe the animal was okay when first snatched, but Eugene injured it while grabbing it. The report says Eugene drove to his sister's house where he cut the bird's leg off 
slit its throat in front of his son who became distraught. You know, I was thinking about this. I think that this blue heron, the reason why they had the balls to eat this guy's bait over and over again and piss him off is because he's like on the endangered species list. So he thinks he can get away with that shit. He's probably flaunting it, probably flashing his endangered species card. I can't touch me. Uh-huh. Just eating your bait over here. What you going to do about it? Yeah, what are you going to do about it? He's not expecting the guy to confront him. That's that's my thought on Dude, it. Dude, I would never want to get near one of those birds. Have you seen the beaks on those fucking things? If that thing like yeah. starts coming at you, it's not a good day. You know what I was thinking? What? I wish it was Chad Zumach eating this guy's bait. <laughs> you know what, though? Uh, I think Chad would win this fight. I Listen, I get being very frustrated and wanting to kill the bird that's messing up your fishing excursion. But how do you not calm down by the time you get to your kid's house? You, you still feel the need to slip. He's running errands. He's stopping to pick yeah. the kids up from school and shit. <laughs> like, I can understand you do this, you know, at the event when it happens, when you're apparently this fucking crazy mad, but you're waited yeah. quite a bit of time. That's what I mean. decided to make it an object lesson. Now, they don't say the age of the children, but this guy is 68. Yeah. But they explained that these are children. Yeah. How old are his kids? I don't know, man. Florida plays got to play. Yeah, I guess. Uh, the defendant was released on a $7,500 bond, and he's being uh, charged with one count of aggravated cruelty to a conservation animal involving pain, suffering, and death as one count of cruelty towards a child. Yeah, cutting off uh, a bird like that's leg in front of your children can be a little bit detrimatic for them. They'll be talking about that on the couch someday. Yeah. I remember the time my dad killed the endangered species to teach me a lesson. Yeah. <laughs> what did you learn? That my dad's a dick. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I learned. Fucking S says, I'd love to, thanks for the two bucks, I'd love to hear the story Chad would come up with. Oh, God. I was just eating some stuff and this guy came with me. <laughs> All right. Let's go back to Philadelphia, Carl. All right. A 28-year-old man faces charges after allegedly drugging, kidnapping, and fatally shooting his mom in a storage shed where she was later found. Now, this is Bucks County. They announced that Sean Rivera was charged with criminal homicide, kidnapping to facilitate a felony, kidnapping to inflict terror or injury, aggravated assault, possession with intent to deliver a controlled substance, possession of an instrument of crime, possession of a weapon, false imprisonment, unlawful restraint, and recklessly endangering another person. That's a busy day right there. According to the criminal complaint, on Sunday, April 9th, officers responded to a house on Berwyn Road after receiving a report of a domestic dispute between brothers regarding their mother's whereabouts. Have you seen mom? No. I mean, the that's guy, how this starts. The guy basically said, look it, mom's dead, all right? It's over. Move on. Don't even look for her. She's gone. It's fine. That's right. Sean Rivera sends to his brother when asked her, she got sick and died. I don't know what to yeah, tell you. She's dead. Do? This is literally Are the conversation. Are we still talking about Bob over here? Jesus, get over it. It's Sunday dinner. You want to eat or not? <laughs> yeah. Now, this the brother reportedly searched for their mother, Carol Clark, in the home, but couldn't find her. When he asked Rivera for more details, Rivera allegedly said their mother had suffered a heart attack and she was at the hospital. Yeah. Well, you just told me she was dead. According to the police, uh, the brother told authorities he asked local hospitals about their mother, but none of the hospitals in the area had a record of her being there. He then asked Rivera again where the mother was. And he reported that uh, he just said Frankfurt. He's just setting him off on wild goose chases. Yeah. And so he left the home to search the hostels. When he came back, Rivera was gone. So they called the police. So he said, she's in Frankfurt. And then he got out of town because he knew his brother wasn't going to stop looking. Rivera, who lived with the mother, returned home 
and a car registered in her name. When police spoke with Rivera, he said he brought his mother takeout the night before. The next day, April 9th, Rivera reportedly said his mother was not in her bedroom. Oh, so Arby's killed her. Okay. That yeah. makes sense. Well, what about this whole thing with her being in the hospital yeah. and a heart attack? Huh? Yeah, he did not think this through. And not also, this, I mean, go ahead and go through it, but this is a crazy way to, to kill someone. The sad thing was, it was like her birthday was the day before. Oh, I don't care about that. The son called her, the, other, the good son here. <laughs> Called her to say happy birthday. She didn't text back, thought it was very unlike her, that she had various medical conditions, so he was concerned. Now, police executed a search warrant in the home and located two firearms in the upstairs bedroom drawer with receipts made out to Rivera. Now, they also found a Home Depot receipt for two padlocks. Upon further investigation, detectives concluded Rivera allegedly drugged his mother with iced tea with fentanyl, Yep, placed her in her wheelchair, took her out to a building previously known as the Frankfurt Friends in Philadelphia. There, he reportedly used bolt cutters to open a storage shed on the property, wheeled his mother inside, and fatally shot her. See, this just seems so convoluted here. If you want to kill your mom, can't you just put a lot of fentanyl in the iced tea and say, oh, yeah, mom OD'd. You sure did love her painkillers. She was a big fan of heroin, mom. Love to snort it. Uh, Rivera was booked. But seriously, though, Vinny, do you know what I mean? Like, what's the point? Of giving her fentanyl and then wheeling her to this remote, lo- or not even remote, it's in the city, to this other location, breaking into a place, putting her there, and then shooting her? What's the point of all this? Did you understand that? The point was to make sure she was dead. Okay. Well, but, Carl, that worked. here's what happens, and I think you know this as well as I do. These people, once they're in the moment, all logic is gone. That's true. Because, like, once you do the deed or you're planning to do this deed, all this stuff... Like there's so many variables that none of them ever take into they got a they got a crime boner and they're just thinking with their crime boner. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the crime boner <laughs> might be the name of this episode. <laughs> that might actually the other one was pretty good, but crime boner is pretty good. Um they get lost and you know, just like they said in Jurassic Park. You thought that you could, but you didn't stop to think if you should. <laughs> they just go for it. Thought you were uh, making fun of me because I didn't understand a joke from um, that Hey Riddle Riddle show, and it was a Jurassic Park reference, wow. and everyone was ragging on me for not knowing. If I was going to yell at you about anything on that show, I'd yell at you about how you said the only reason you keep me around is because you need to have a fat friend. <laughs> yes, correct. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I keep you around to be my ugly friend. So. Yep. All right, good. Last story of the day, Carl. You ready? A 38-year-old woman was arrested on suspicion of first-degree murder for allegedly attacking a woman at a homeless shelter with an axe. Okay, now, I want to point something out about this story. Please. I found it extremely confusing. I had to read through it a few times to understand what was going on. Yes. And what I'm excited about here is you're going to have to attempt to pronounce this woman's name, and that's what I'm excited about. Zaina Ashra Zakira Mavish Jama. Okay, I'll give it to you. Close enough. That is a fucking mouthful, isn't it? Yeah. And you would know what a mouthful is like. Because you eat so much. It's like, you don't, you like, you never eat anything, Carl? <laughs> you never eat food before, Carl? Yeah, I, I like food. With the low-hanging fruit jokes? Yeah. I avoid low-hanging fruit and fruit and vegetables in general. I noticed. Fucking asshole. Charging documents show that police uh, charged this woman with first-degree murder. The victim was identified as Leah Rosen Pritchard. And she died in the Groundworks Collaborative Kitchen at approximately 9.30 a.m. She sustained significant injuries to her face, neck, and torso. Now, apparently what happened was this woman was living in this place. It was like a halfway house kind of a deal. 
uh, homeless shelter. And she was having some beef with this woman who was a volunteer who had worked there. Yeah, it's like a social work. Yeah, and she just didn't like her. And apparently that morning, uh, according to the police surveillance footage, they show this woman walking towards the office area with a sheet over her shoulders covering much of the front of her body. Uh, the sheet supposedly draped over her right shoulder and over the left side to cover the axe that she had that she was carried that she used. So she carried, she put on like a, a tunic kind of a deal, mm-hmm. hid the axe underneath it, went into the kitchen and just surprised the shit out of this woman and murdered her brutally with a fucking axe. Yeah, a lot of axe murdering going on in the show today, I noticed. Yeah, well, it's pretty yeah. rough. The other people who were there, they said they heard screaming from the living room. And they went to check in the situation. They saw her murdering her with the axe. So there's witnesses to all of this. And uh, didn't it say though that okay, so the the homeless lady kills the social worker. Yeah. Didn't it say that she actually liked that social worker and had a problem with a different social worker there? This is this is where I got very confused about who's killing who and why, and it all seemed I could be wrong about that. Yeah, it was a little weird. Yeah. They didn't. They said that she was having an issue with somebody there. Right. And I don't know if it was her or not, but I will say this. She took out her anger. Yeah. <laughs> she's, she's certainly got that anger out. And this was like first thing in the morning too, right? 9.30 a.m. Yeah. So this, this is like early morning, right? This poor lady's just in there getting a cup of coffee. I'm still getting sleep out of my eye. I'm like, I'm not ready to kill someone with an axe. Could you yet. imagine the last few minutes of your life is in the work? Kitchen? Ugh. No, thank you. No fucking thank you. So uh, you know she had the most boring conversation right before that happened too. Oh, how was your weekend? Uh, oh, you oh. opened for Anthony Jeselnik. Oh, cool. Oh, he liked your act. Oh, he complimented it. Oh, great. I know. I hate those conversations you have with coworkers on Monday. You are the such a cunt. <laughs> Motherfucker walked in here. And goes. <laughs> The first thing he says to me, dude, was, how was Jessica? You were great. It was a great weekend, huh? Great weekend with Jessica, wasn't I it? I said that on the show, too. Stop you it. fucking dick. God. This is You know what, motherfucker? Great. Get in your fucking car, drive to Gary. Right now. <laughs> Get in your fucking car and drive to Gary. Or there's going to be a problem. I'm still annoyed that you thought that that was... Everyone's pissed at me because I haven't driven to Gary. I work seven days a week. I don't know why that was ever on the wheel of consequence. I told you that was a dumb one. How the fuck am I supposed to just drive to Gary, Indiana? It's going to take days. Consequence. <laughs> Sucks. Consequence, pal. I'll get there, buddy. I'll get there. <sighs> I just got to see when the Cubs are playing at home in July. Oh, we'll that'll, be, that'll be nice. I'll get a Cubs. date, though. We'll get a date. We'll get it figured out. Okay. I like the bingo. All right. Good. I like the scavenger hunt. That'll be fun. That will be fun. Make sure you go alone. <laughs> just so there's no witness. Oh, do you think I can find someone who will want to go with me? I doubt it. I'm sure I'm going to go alone. Oh, man. Nobody uh, nobody who I'm friends with wants to drive to Gary, Indiana. You know, man, I got to tell you, and, I, and I'm being 100% honest here. You know how I stopped there just to say I did it when yeah. I came back from Chicago? Yeah. The town hall is right off of the interstate there. Like, it's right there. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason I did it is because I was able just to veer off and go. The town hall, in the middle of the day, sunlight, I got out of my car. I ran in front of it. And ran back to my fucking car as fast as I possibly can. That's how mentally like terrified I was of that place. So the thought of going to do a bingo all day doesn't seem great. And that will make me feel a lot better for the delay. I've told this story before, but when uh, I worked at E-Bombs World, we all went to Atlantic City for a, a boxing match. And 
I drove there. So you drive through Philadelphia and then you get into Camden, New Jersey. Okay. And it was probably two in the afternoon in Camden, New Jersey. Elementary schools were being cut out and I was fearful for my life and I was driving in a car. That's how scary that fucking place was. I was like, roll them up. Let's go. Um, so I can only imagine. So what we'll what do Gary's is on the do. board, we'll replace Gary with Camden, New Jersey. Drive to Camden, Fuck New that. Jersey. No, thank you. <laughs> Never again. Oh, man. You're a good sport sometimes. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Carl, uh, it's been a fun episode today. Don't forget to vote, folks, on Reddit, r slash the creep off. And-, and guys, if you vote for Carl this week, that means Vinny will be spinning the wheel of consequences. On next week's show, our first show back after our Philly trip. Folks, don't let that happen. You know what I mean? Cuz. Cuz a real. True believers. Cuz a I need you, true believers. Don't leave me hang. All my shit's down. Fucking A. I'm going to jump out a window. Uh, Carl? <laughs> so people were asking. They said, hey, Vinny, have you thought about putting the creep off on Patreon? That was in the chat here. I saw that. It is on it is in Patreon. It is. Yep. And every week you get a bonus episode. There is a bonus episode every week on the Krivov Patreon, Supercast, or backed by. That's correct. And it is hard to find for some reason. When you do the search for the creep off on Patreon, we don't come up. I don't know why that is. Yeah. You do have to put in patreon.com slash the creep off. And if you're on the app, I don't even know what to tell you. But yeah. um, but yes, please support us on Patreon we because we do it. have uh, bonus episodes every single week we record on. Wednesday mornings at 1130, you can watch it live, you can listen whenever, and I, what's great about it is we just go through these ridiculous stories like we just did for the Scum Parade. Uh, sometimes we do a little pedophile hunter theater. I know we have a Hall of Fame episode coming up. Yeah, working on that. We were supposed to do another round of uh, competing with the listeners. I don't know whatever happened to that, but whatever. We'll get there. We'll get there. We all are mad at you for fucking dropping the ball on that. But they're all mad at me because I haven't been to Gary. They were all mad at me too, saying I don't do my consequences. I'm standing here with the fucking cum book. Dude, there was one guy who said that, and you fucking lost your shit in the Discord. I was reading it this morning. I'm like, oh boy. Yeah. I'm not going to be walking into you today. I was like, talk to Carl. (laughs) Fucking get mad at me. Talk to fucking Carl. I can't make him do anything. Creep off is shadow banned. I think it is, Kinky Loco. It very well might be. I don't know why. I mean, we're obviously this is a uh, wholesome. I think people are afraid of the power that we speak the truth. This is a wholesome family-friendly podcast that, that we do here. That we speak to power. I don't fucking know. I'm sure it's all political. I'm sure it's all because of shit Carl said. Me? Cuomo's great governor. He's not a governor. He was great, though. He was my favorite. Okay. Okay. Fauci does a fantastic job. Good job, Carl. Keep that up. <laughs> All right, buddy. Keep that up. Folks, make sure you clip that for him for the future. Uh, it's nice to be important. It's more important to be nice. I guess let's just get the fuck out of here. Gah, gah. Mm-hmm.